Ciao bello. Uh, g'day, hello, welcome to the community spotlight looking at our favorite pasta. Uh, it is the Tortellini show. No, it's um, it is a community spotlight looking at Warhammer in Italy. I've really enjoyed these series, having the chance to chat to a lot of different community members across the world, understanding what's different, what's the same, and how our worlds just I think it's interesting. I don't know. Like, you know, I know, Francesco, you are, uh, you have your YouTube channel. You've got your AOS Crusaders. I know you listen to a lot of the podcasts in Australia and, and show, we were just talking about that. Uh, we recently just had an episode talking about a an event that happened in Australia and you're also listening to Mortally Wounded. And I'm sure mm -hmm. as you go through some content, it's lovely to hear, you know, what's the same, what's different. And I think this is my opportunity to learn what is Warhammer Age of Sigma like in Italy? But Francesco, hello, welcome, uh, buongiorno. No, um, I'm going to stop. I'm not. I'm going to try to stop. It's been a long yeah. time. But hello, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be to be back here and to chat about uh, our favorite hobby. Uh, and you are definitely back. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, we did a pretty cool show around psychology. Um, we talked, to, that was a very, very interesting show talking about psychology and wargaming and a lot of comments about that. That was a cool show. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to talk about Warhammer in Italy. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the chat is going to have a whole bunch of questions. Hello, welcome uh, to everyone who has joined us. Uh, we've got uh, Jan, 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 uh, good old Australian accent uh, coming from Poland. So I think, you know, for me, I'm just trying to learn so much about Finland, about, you know, Spain, about, you know, all these wonderful countries. I, I do wonder if Malta does have uh, an Age of Sigma community. But that's what um, I was thinking about too. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if you were ever going to do a spotlight about Malta. That would be awesome. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I am like, half Maltese so my 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 father's side came over to Australia on a boat took them three months to get here uh so I'm first generation born Australian so I can't imagine I can ha hardly handle a flight without any entertainment let alone uh imagining what three three months would have looked like back in the the 60s uh sailing from Malta to Australia but uh Francesco I'd love to like set the scene for me Tell me, what is it like living in Italy? Like, I haven't been to Italy yet. Um, I've done a lot of Asia. I've been very, uh, I mean, Asia is so close to Australia. It's very yeah. easy to go go check that out. I've been to Malta. I've been to Scotland. I've been to some some other countries like France and things like that that are around. But I've, and I've even been to Greece, but I've never come over to the boot. So set the scene for all of us who haven't been to Italy yet. Mm -hmm. What's it like? Okay. Okay. So, um... Uh, there are lots of good things and lots of bad things, I would say. Uh, it depends a lot on where in Italy you are living. I think that actually is something that really happens in every country. But um, overall, uh, the weather is nice in general. And it's something that helps because, I, for example, my sister lives in England and she really misses the sun and uh, she doesn't like the rain. So here, actually, the sun, the, 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 the weather is pretty good. Um, uh, I mean, it's 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 okay living here. Living in Rome, which is the capital and the biggest city, can be stressful because it's a it's a huge city with lots of uh, traffic jams, lots of people going around. I imagine uh, a lot of tourists coming yeah, to see things like the Colosseum and, and all ancient Rome. 
yeah definitely definitely um so yeah it can be stressful sometimes because it can really really make you make you tired sometimes but overall i, I would say it's uh, it's okay to live here um I, not not to go too much into political stuff and uh, but we have kind of a uh, i wouldn't say like not really honest kind of political world because because it's it wouldn't be maybe too much but politics can be can be kind of heavy and uh um life of, of also depends on who's on government who's uh who's not but uh very very similar to probably a lot of countries and yeah um, yeah like it's, it's, it's a very stressful time right now i think every country has their own challenges uh whatever it might look like um you know uh, and we won't go into that you know obviously we're here to talk about you know the fun things the things like uh eating amazing food uh i read an article recently about actually I read an article literally overnight that was talking about Rome tried to expand their train lines and it's taken them 40 years to try to expand the train lines because every yeah. time they expand the train line, they find an archaeological dig of some description. So they Absolutely. find some ancient artifacts. So trying to expand the, the train line, yeah, uh, I, I, it's like a humble <laughs> brag. You're like, oh, I can't get that extra train line, but I happen to find some secret wisdoms of the, the yeah. old and ancient days. Like, uh, damn. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> it's, it's a humble brag. It happens all the time for for the subway here in Rome because whatever you dig, you you will find some old stuff, and it's uh, and it's hard because you always have to to protect the 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 findings you you find. So the train line is like uh, imagine that you're digging, you're digging, and then you find an ancient sword, you find a spear, a hoplite, you find uh, yeah. some some terracotta. Uh, I imagine you just have ancient artifacts all over the place. You walk down to go get some bread from the bakery and there's a whole bunch of, I, I just imagine there is just, you know, Colosseums and people eating grapes. And um, that's, that's my view of Italy. I'm sure it's not yeah. correct. Well, uh, that's, that's the, that's, that's the city center of Rome, but we, I mean, that's lots of people living on the outskirts of the city, like me, for example. And it's just like uh, any European city where you have your parks, your streets, your, uh, any kind of grocery stores and people working their dogs and it's just like uh, any other European country. No, that's great. And look, to be honest with you, a lot of people haven't been to Europe yet. So uh, I, I think, you know, that's that's when you say like any European country, you yeah. do forget how close uh, Europe is. And, you know, you drive, through, you know, you drive, you're in, you're in France. Well, I, I remember being surprised how I could catch a train from England to Paris and yeah. it was like 90 minutes. So yeah. you you don't realize how close things are. And then, you know, you could drive from from Spain to France to, you know, Germany, probably in a day, probably yeah. in half a day. So yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of Europe as well, because we are kind of small countries all together and very close to each other. So it's really easy to travel at the same time. Tell me about your favorite Italian dish. Tell me if I was coming over and you're like, Anthony, you've got to try this dish what is the greatest and please don't tell me it's spaghetti bolognese <laughs> okay no um i would start talking about pizza but that would probably take a whole show about that um because uh italian pizza is very different from especially from like american pizza maybe um i don't know really about australian pizza maybe you can talk to me about that uh, well we, we we had we had a lot of italians greeks maltese uh come over here in the 60s so we do have a uh, 
we do have a, an Italian flair uh, in Australia. We do have little Italian communities. Um, we do have a couple of restaurants uh, that I'm aware of that are actually certified in the actual proper basing. I know uh, things like Sugo, Sugo basing and um, the, the different types of dough. Um, I think, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that I always learned from Italian, Italian pizza, uh, that is less is more. Uh, you don't just put a, like a big base of pizza and then just chuck in every topping known to man. You don't make like a pie. Uh, as much as I enjoy Chicago deep dish pizza, <laughs> uh, a pizza this thick is not a pizza. Uh, it's more <laughs> of a cake. It's a cake pizza. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you can find, I think you can find true Italian pizza pretty much everywhere in the world right now. So that's maybe something that everybody knows about but something that is kind of known but not too much at the same time is carbonara which is a dish that especially comes from rome so it's uh it's pasta um and that's a recipe that really um happens to get changed all over the world in a, any any kind of way possible but i'm on the, i'm going to be the food nazi right here and say it's really simple actually <laughs> because it takes uh, egg yolks um, pecorino cheese and uh, guanciale, which is cured uh, pig cheek that becomes yeah, like look. kind of bacon in a way. And it's really simple because you mix all those ingredients together and it, it, it creates a cream that really complements the pasta beautifully. And it's it's from, actually from Rome with, uh, with really kind of simple and poor ingredients, which are the, the origin of uh, Roman cuisine because people didn't really have much stuff going on. So. I love and it. That's, that's, I love that's, it. That's, that's amazing because yeah, it's that simple. It's and since it's that simple, it's actually quite hard to do it well, because you can easily become an omelette with some pasta in it, or just like raw eggs in, with with with, uh, with pasta. Uh, and you see, you see people putting cream in there. You see people putting mushrooms, parsley, bacon, and no, nah, no. Nah. Sorry, but nah. that doesn't go in there. <laughs> it's just like that. I said. Like I said, less is more. I think, you know, that's probably the big thing I learned, you know, going to have breakfast in France, you know, breakfast is like a, a piece of bread, like a bagel, a bit of cheese, a bit of juice, a bit of coffee. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you about breakfast here. Breakfast, when you go like, you don't want to eat breakfast at home, you just go down to a bar and you eat cappuccino, which is just small. It's actually not, not Starbucks size cappuccino. It's like a medium sized cup and just like a, a fresh pastry with, I don't know, chocolate or jam inside. And yeah. Um, it's interesting as well, because I know when I was in Malta, um, you'll be, you'll go to a cafe and so many people go to the cafe and they drink their coffee at a bar. Um, just, you know, they, they have their shot yeah. and then they, they walk off. That's, that's just normal. Uh, yeah, and then being in France, I, don't, I don't know if it's like this in Rome, but in France, yeah, you yeah we don't sit down for breakfast. We just take it on the, on the bar and go. That's well, it. I know in France as well, when, you, when you're when you having breakfast, they face you towards the street. So normally in Australia, I would, you know, at my table, it'd be me and my partner, you know, opposite each other, my wife. But over there, we both sit at the same, on the same spot. And we're looking at the crowd. We're looking at the, the waterfall. We're looking at whatever traffic goes by. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's these little things that make our community so unique. And probably why I want to understand a little bit more about what warhammer looks like in italy yeah. and uh, i just for the record want to say that my favorite italian food is arancini balls uh, oh. i absolutely love arancini that's balls. Italy. that's very close from Malta. yeah yeah absolutely I was, to, I was trying to be smart but they're not even 
but I started with Italian. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But I think that's interesting as well. Is like you've got so much cultural influence from uh, from the region as well. So um, that's cool. That's cool. And that's you got like, a whole lot of um, what you were talking about. Ancini is is actually Italian. It's just from Sicily. That is uh, like island on the, at the end of the boot. And that's very close to Malta. That's what I was saying. That's almost Maltese because Sicily is just right there. But it's absolutely Italian food, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think my flight. I think my flight to Malta stopped in Sicily. We had to go from Dubai, I think, to Sicily, then to Malta. Yeah. Uh, I think, but uh, Italy one day, it, uh, it it looks incredible, and uh, I'm very, very jealous. It's like a little brother to Malta. Uh, <laughs> Malta being the tiniest country in the world, but. Um, Talk to me about Warhammer. Talk to me about how you first got started, because I think for me it's hard, not hard to understand, but, you know, is this game popular? Is it something that's very unique? Is tabletop wargaming something that's important in Italy? Like what what drew you to this game? Is there something in your culture? Is there something that you just happen to stumble upon? Is it something that looks, you know, all fancy from the West? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so I can talk about my experience. Um, I yeah, really sampled upon this game because when I was in middle school, like around 11 or 12 years old, uh, a friend of mine started playing and introduced me to the game. And it was back in 6th edition Warhammer Fantasy. Um, and he bought his high elves and he was really good at building them and painting them. And I, I had no clue and how to do it. I really had a hard time understanding that big old rule book uh, that was like, I don't know, 2,200 pages long. And, um, but I, I, I enjoyed like going to events, tournaments with him, uh, just looking at stuff, trying to understand and paint some stuff. Uh, but I just, just didn't last very long. It was like a year or two. And it was actually kind of a, a really not something that I could afford because I didn't really have any money. I just had my, my small, like, I don't know, some, some gifts that I, I had, like, I don't know, for Christmas or anything. Um, so it just stopped right there at the moment. Um, and then, I don't know, I don't know, it just had a resurgence in me. It just came back uh, in, like, uh, 2017, so, like, almost four years ago. And uh, I, just, I just, I don't know, I just walked into a Games Workshop store and just said, yeah, I used to kind of play a little bit. I saw that Age of Sigmar was a thing, and... Uh, I, I, I always loved Wood Elves, so I, uh, I saw the, the Sylvanet and then just picked up a start collecting box and then uh, managed to, to build and to actually really paint instead uh, better, better way better than when I, when I, was, when I thought I would, I would be able to do. Um, and then, yeah, I, I found a group of people that, that played and then we started a, a Path to Glory campaign with lots of people and it was really cool to be introduced to the game this way. And it just snowballed, and uh, I, I kept growing my army. I kept uh, knowing more and more people, going to events, and uh, I just ended up being here, talking about my, uh, on YouTube with you and on my channel and with friends on WhatsApp chats all the time. And yeah, just hobby, hobby heads on uh, hundred percent all the time, <laughs> almost. I know. Uh, I know. This is something that we were chatting about offline, and Wendy just brought this up. Was the the popularity in uh, in Italy with Warhammer Fantasy Battles? And I know you guys had your own struggle coming over from Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigma. Yeah. Maybe a struggle that was probably harder than some of us other people. Um, 
although I don't know obviously what it was like in in, in England. Uh, that was a really interesting point because I know I think at the time, did you guys have a, a games workshop? Would you had like a maybe even like a headquarters yeah. um, back in yes, the old days? Yes, we had an Italian branch of uh, games workshop here. We had really an HQ near, near Rome, uh, and I, from what I, from what I've been told by friends, it was uh, a huge a huge scene at the moment because fantasy was a lot a lot bigger than 40k, and there were like uh, yeah official tournaments, official like kind of uh national finals and all that stuff a friend of mine told me once that uh he remembers one day uh at, at uh, the start of those kind of finals events that everything was booked so players were expected to be there and still at the day uh, before the event started it was maybe i don't know 10 20 people outside outside the, the venue hoping to to get in because maybe somebody didn't show up so it was like mm. a really huge scene at the moment uh, so it, uh, uh, as it was a huge scene, it, it's it's been hard for lots of people to step back from it and maybe go into Age of Sigma or just going to something else. I think there's a lot of community, especially those communities that have been around for a while. There is this re-establishing of the community when we change from mm -hmm. Warhammer Fantasy Battles to Age of Sigma. Some people stayed, some people tried it and maybe left and then came back some people have come back in second edition uh age of sigma some people haven't come back at all they're, they're playing kings of war they're playing some other maybe a 40k or maybe some other non you know like game of thrones or some type of thing so i know uh i know that kind of changing of the guard uh did restructure things a little bit in communities but it, in saying that as well i think uh, when i was at adepticon i remember in america um i'd never seen this before I had never seen a community where at Adepticon people rock up to an event knowing that there'll be cancellations and even though they didn't have a ticket to play at the event, they are waiting to see if there's any dropouts and if they can play. Uh, and that blew my mind. I think maybe because things like our biggest events like CanCon, there's a lot of travel. It's like a three-hour drive for us, uh, at least for, for me in, in Sydney. Uh, but to go to some of these events, there's a lot of driving. So people won't normally drive in the off chance of getting into the event. But it sounds like you guys had that at, at some point in time. So I think that's true. It's fascinating. And I know I was listening to, I think it was Garage Hammer or maybe it was Cubic Shenanigans, uh, another podcast. And they were talking about, they just do that anyway. They're like, if I want to go to an event and it's sold out, I'll just rock up because I know that there'll be, um, there'll be dropouts. They're like, yeah. There always is dropouts. I run yeah. events and there's always dropouts. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that, there's apparently there's been a point where, where fantasy was huge and uh, and also the 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 fact that the the Italian branch of JW closed that pro probably was also a big uh, backlash uh, that really set people back into maybe other games or just uh give them a, a moment to stop playing or just uh yeah change change things up i found i found uh second edition has really second edition age of sigma has really started bringing people back whether it's because you know when they came over there was no points now there's points uh people were looking for like lore and established um maps and and things that they could you know really hook on, hook themselves on like the old world um, that's now returned. You know, we have awesome maps. Um, they're very detailed. You know, we have cities, we have, uh, you know, different provinces and regions, and we're starting to learn, learn more about the, the mortal realm. So I think that's kind of drawing people back and they're starting to see things like battle tomes that have, uh, that are, that are now supporting their army. I know for me, 
it took really four years for my Cities of Sigma books to came up, come out. Um, mm -hmm. I'm an Empire player back from the day, and um, my models weren't. I mean, they, they were supported, but they weren't supported. Like I didn't really have proper allegiance and artifacts and spells until about four years into the game. So um, I'm sure your day will come. I'm sure people start coming back, especially once COVID kind of ends. I imagine people are going to reminisce. I think there's a lot of nostalgia about what they went through as a kid and they enjoyed it. This this COVID probably has helped people get back into the hobby and they've got something to do. I know I was looking at Twitter yesterday and um, – uh, I think it was a gentleman called uh, Vince Notley, uh, one of the moderators in Warhammer TV. And he was saying that, you know, for him during COVID, um, having this hobby community and having a hobby has really helped him. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that's so true. So who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure as you're, you kick back off, people will start coming back and uh, it'll be very, very cool. But mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of old school players here. But tell me about your journey. Tell me about... Uh, how would you describe the Italian scene? So if you were, you know, you've, you've listened to a lot of podcasts, you've listened to the Everwinter discussion that myself and yep. Chris Welfare are mortally wounded. Yeah. You heard what our events sounded like. How does that compare to your events? What, what, what did you hear? And how would you describe to me what the Italian scene kind of looks like? Okay. Um, so um, I think that uh, it's a, it's a, it's a community that's really started growing the last couple of years especially because uh even just simply from the from the number of events that that are happening at, or that have happened during the last couple of years uh that's something that really helped the community a lot because uh i remember when i started it, there were like some events sometimes but not really much and since events are tied especially when the events are tied to stores here that really are the the organizers for this sort of events um mainly because clubs don't really have money to do that because or spaces to do it uh so events really started kicking in yeah probably 20 2018 uh around when yeah second almost uh, yeah when second edition came out so um and and at the same time we since we are a long kind of physical country because as you say you are kind of a boot so there's, there's kind of, for example, we have, we have. I live in Rome, which is the center of Italy, and for to go to, from Rome to Milan is like a six-hour drive, almost six, seven-hour drive, to 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 make other people understand what we are talking about. Six, so, six to seven-hour drive. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think so, that's the challenge as well. Like when I think of Italy, I, I, I think of something small. I think, ah, oh, you know, like to go to an event. That's that's probably not far. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I know when I was talking to um, to the Russian guys, um, just to think about the travel between, you know, one city to, to Siberia, um, like that, that's a long journey. And I think sometimes we don't appreciate the distance between our communities. And um, I know for yourself, you were telling me earlier that you've got a couple of different regions. You've got North Italy, South Italy, and then kind of that central area and your communities kind of split within three. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of players in the north, some players in the center, and I really don't. I mean, I know just a, of a couple of players in the south of Italy, and uh, so that's kind of uh, how the, the 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 country is divided in this in this kind of way. And the the north has been really the the, the engine to that helped to the community grow, especially because they were the ones that 
promoted uh, this this Lega Chaos we, we will talk about later, which is kind of a our tournament circuit and like rankings. Um, so when we we got in touch with them, we we we, we got involved with it. We 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 got uh, stores involved with them. So the events that uh, that stores uh, got together were sanctioned by them. So it all came together uh, uh, slowly over time. And uh, now we it, it's cool because uh, for me, if you think about it, like. Uh, a year ago in October, it was my first time going at a, at a two-day event. So I took the train uh, to Milan, and just to let you understand how, how that worked, I took a train. Uh, it was like I think maybe 5:30 in the morning from Rome, and I got to Milan like uh, I don't know 8:30. It's it, it's around three and three and a half hours, uh, and then we I I got straight to the to the venue and got on playing, <laughs> and the fun thing was. Um, my first game was on the streaming table, so I was like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> stressed out and tired at the same time, and excited at the same time. Uh, so it just started with a big boom, and uh, but overall the event went really, really cool. Uh, I ended up going four and one, which was amazing for me. And uh, after that, uh, I, I met lots of of people there in Milan, people from Turin, people from central Italy from Tuscany uh, and now almost a year a year and a half yeah a year and a half almost has passed and all my friends from here in Rome know almost all all, all of those people that I met back back then because we we got together playing on uh, on, on, on in the internet during the lockdown we we met uh, at other events and the the bonds are really starting to, to come together and that's that's incredible to see it happen so I think we are a really up and coming community that has lots to still to grow, lots of space to grow and time that needs to to be taken to grow more and just catch up with bigger communities. But we have we have stuff going on. We are really working hard and uh, it's being off. I see I'm seeing the results. It's really being off, I think. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of commonality to my community. And I don't know for anyone who's listening to this, either live or on replay, um, and, and depending on your journey, I, I started Age of Sigma. I was Warhammer Fantasy. I made the jump. Um, and I saw the community go through, you know, the, the peaks and the troughs. And I saw the growth. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you is I'm hearing... I'm hearing a lot of things that we went through in 2017 and 2018. In, in the early days of competitive Age of Sigma in Australia, we had a couple of events, a couple a couple of a big events. And, and by big events, I'm saying that we were kind of averaging about 50 at best uh, back in 2017, 2018. That was like a really big event. The challenge was that people would travel. We would travel from Sydney to Brisbane, which is like a 90-minute flight or maybe a 12-hour drive. Um, and through the popularity of these events, um, we, 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 we were selling out and um, it forced people to create more events or people who were travelling from Sydney no longer had to travel to Brisbane because we would then create our own events locally. So it sounds like your journey is similar to ours. You're just playing catch up. And um, I think as I'm looking through some of these photos that I've just got on the screen, um, it's awesome to see that like the level of hobby, you know, I'm seeing... Yeah. Because uh, I know a lot of people have questions, you know, what does the meta look like? What armies are popular? Uh, you know, and you, you talked about streaming. You've got a streaming channel. You have um, 
you have YouTube channels that, that, that are dedicated to Warhammer discussions. These yeah. things are no different to us. Um, yeah. You've got a 3D printed hammer. I've got a 3D printed hammer. <laughs> yeah. You've got a live stream. You know what I mean? Like there's so much commonality. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a lot of cool people as well coming in from Sweden. I've got like Italians. I've got Swedish. I've got French. I've got so many cool people. And, I, and I'm thinking there's probably more to us that is similar then there is different, but there's those little subtle differences, whether it's cultural differences, whether it is just things that are happening because of what our uh, what's important to our regions. Uh, as you mentioned, the travel is obviously challenging for you guys. Uh, but I'm looking at these photos and, you know, I'm, I'm loving, you know, everyone's wearing their mask. You know, yeah. you've got great tables. You've got awesome terrain. The armies look cool and the armies look very similar to ours. I'm seeing KO, yeah. I'm seeing Slanesh, I'm seeing Ogres, I'm seeing Nighthorn, I'm seeing OBR. I'm seeing... Yeah, these photos in particular are from the, the finals, which is our kind of master's event that happened in September. And as you can see, it, it was held inside a, a gym because we we needed to respect the social distancing for all the tables. And we were, I think we were, I don't know, maybe around 30 players. So it was kind of a medium-sized big event for us. So, and it's really cool that it, it, it managed to, to go down smoothly because it was kind of a strange time at the same time because we all know COVID is happening. So, yeah. Talk to me about events. You you mentioned um, some of the events, and uh, what's really cool is that again something that we share is that we have a competitive ranking system. So, uh, for anyone who plays Age of Sigmar in match play, there is a lot of different, uh, I guess, competitions or league ladders. Uh, no different to sports, where people based on their performance at a tournament uh, would get fictitious points that uh, would would may, maybe invite them to a uh, an event at the end of their year, at the end of their season, uh, to compete for a title. And I know in Australia, we talk a lot about the Masters, uh, which is our, our version of the Invitational, 16 players that will come uh, to compete for the title of Master. And um, you get points depending on the size of the event. So a one-day event uh, won't give you as many points as a two-day event. A uh, hundred players would give you more points than say a 30-player a event. So um, it's all, you know, it's a very interesting, fun way to create friendly competition. It's not something like you're going to like cap your opponent, but you, you guys have your own competition. Obviously, this is what this picture yeah. is, is all about. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about the events and tell me about your, your, your competitive season. Uh, if you want, if you can go back a second to the, the picture you had before. I just oh, by the way, to... I just want to, I just want to shout out how yeah. cool was that tech list? That tech yeah, is off this, the charts. This is amazing. Uh, um, I don't know who this is, but this—you are a legend. That is that is yeah, cool. That's really cool. And and the picture you had before, I want to, to give a quick shout out. Uh, on the left, you can see some really cool pumpkin-headed OBR, and that's a guy I played with. Uh, his name is Yuri. He's from Firenze. Oh, there's pumpkins uh, in there. Yeah, pumpkins in the catapult. The yeah, absolutely. And that was like insanely cool when I saw it. So it was really cool to to see this. Kind of pumpkin bubble. heads. Yeah, the, the Mortec guy have pumpkin heads. Yeah, the crawlers are like, throwing out pumpkins as well. If you can see it, <laughs> this is like Nightmare Before Christmas. This is awesome. Yeah, this is, is Jack awesome. O'Lantern style. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, going sorry, going back to your question. Um, yes. So we we have this this kind of organization which is called Lega Chaos, which is a, an acronym for Championship of Age of Sigmar, um, and it works just like we were, you were talking about. So uh, depending on the size of the event you you attend, 
you will get some points that we will uh, will uh, go together in a ranking and uh, the, uh, the, 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 the events that happen are mostly tied to stores, especially one day events. So stores, when you say stores Francesca, when you say stores, um, yes. I just want to clarify, are you talking about like Warhammer games, workshop stores, or are you no, talking no, about sorry. like independent stores? Yes. Independent stores, independent retailers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Just, just, um, just to clarify, just, yeah, just to sure. clarify. For sure. No problem. Um, so source of, I think, uh, the, the uh, a chance to set up three events over a, a year so you you don't really have like i don't know a store setting up an event every month so everybody goes there and wins all the time but just to keep things different uh so whenever you go to an event you get points and then you get you get the the rankings happening and at the end of the of the the year which is around april may uh, because it starts from september it's kind of a school year for us so september to almost summer the top 20 people in the in the rankings are invited to the finals we what we call the finals where we are just playing to decide who was the best of the of the year and uh yeah and it, and it works really well in my opinion we we there's been tweaks going on to organize the the points on the rankings better to make it more more even for everybody and uh, i i can see that year after year it's getting better all the time so that might be something for if people are thinking about, you know, setting up a more of a competitive meta uh, or want to kind of create a little bit of friendly competition. Um, I know England does it really well. Australia does it well. Um, I know in America, you know, there's a lot of different regions very similar to you guys, yeah. but even at a local level like Texas, I know Texas have their little masters and the way that they bring their communities, you know, the Dallas, the, um, you know, I've already forgotten half the names. Um, I need to go back and go eat some barbecue meat in in Texas. But um, like they like they'll, they'll bring their communities together with like a little bit of friendly competition, and even just seeing which region has the best player. So you know, uh, you could have like you know North versus Central versus uh, Southern Italy yeah. um, as an example. But also like from a competitive point of view, and uh, this is very timely. This image has come up. Is we've also got the ETC or the European Teams Championship, which is a yearly event that um, has been going around for decades now. Um, one of the fantasy battles had um, had teams. Forty K has always had teams. I think they've pulled out recently. They've created their own WTC. Um, you know what I mean? But uh, Italy has their own team as well. So you guys are going to send a team out to uh, Scotia. Luxembourg should be. Yeah, Luxembourg, um, yeah. and these are, and I, I can see you're on the team as well there. But you know, here are some of the I wouldn't say the best players per se. They're probably certainly some of the best. But these yeah. are some of the players that are going over to compete in the European Team Championship against England, Australia, America, uh, and all the European countries. So um, that like that's the level of like that's where competition as well allows you to kind of demonstrate your skill and yeah. play at the the grandest of scales. Yeah, I can say I can say I can safely say that most of the the people you are in here are the the best performing players from this year in general. So it's pretty actually accurate, I would say, yeah, as a selection. Now oh, that's neat. That's very very cool. Um, is this your first ATC that you'll be attending, or have you done it in the past? No, I, I've never been there. Um, but I I have to sadly say that uh, my name is on the bench. I would say. Because the people on the left is the the first team, and uh, the guys on the right we are the 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 bench people. So we 
we just we would we would go there if some of the first team players done can be can be can can't attend or just can't go there. So I'm just ready to fill in if I I get called in. <laughs> That's right. We, we we know that some of the best players in sport are bench players. They come off their strike. Yeah. You know, when the team is tired, you jump off the bench and you you kick the goal and uh, you can win the match for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I know one question that was really important to people uh, when I was asking about uh, about Italy was the meta and, yeah. you know, what does the community look like? Um, what does it all mean? And I know I pulled some stats from one of your big events. Is it the Championships, Age of Sigma? Um, there's a couple of other big events that you guys have, but yes. um, I clearly can't read Italian. So yeah, can you can – you I, I can assume that uh, – that the blue the blue graph there is you know order and chaos and destruction exactly. and death. I, that's as, that's as far as I can get. But tell me about the meta. Tell me about what I'm looking at here. I know we've got a couple of slides. I've got one more. I think yeah. after this. So this one I think comes from the 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 latest event, the, the latest latest today event that happened in October, which is Weekend Warlords, which uh, happened for the second uh, second year. So it was a first year last year, the first time last year. Uh, and this is the distribution of the meta that happened during the uh, the tournament. So up top, you can see the, the the grand alliances. So lots of order and some destruction and chaos and death, pretty much uh, similarly distributed. And is that and is that reflective? Is that reflective of the meta? Like, are, are you guys a strong order focused um, country? Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't really agree with that because. Um, I mean, I did a stats show, um, in, I think it was in May, probably, um, about the, the meta that, that the, we, we had during uh, 2019 and tw up to the end of 2020. Um, I think there's lots of order because we have lots of general order armies in, in the game overall. But um, we are, I, can say, I can say we are a big chaos country, um, especially where we have lots of corn going on. We had lots of Skaven at the same time. We still have some, um, and yeah, we have. We, we also had lots of um, uh, Legions of Nagash back in at, at the start of Second Edition. Uh, but as you can see right now, the meta has kind of has definitely shifted because yeah. if you see the numbers on the right, which is the 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 the, sing, the, the singular like factions, especially. You see uh, lots of uh, Ogormo tribes, for example, eight of them. Uh, you can see nine fire layers, and that's something that I, I I found out too. Lots of fire layers in Italy for for some reason. That that's really in, that's interesting because I would argue, and uh, maybe the chat disagrees. Fire slayers is, despite being one of the strongest armies in the game aren't very popular people either don't enjoy playing with them people don't enjoy painting them people get bored with them i'm not quite sure but when i when i look at the fact that you had 78 lists and eight of them or six of them nine of them nine of them were fire slayers yeah. that to me stands out that's a massive yeah. amount of fire slayers yeah. at a meta and i don't know if that's what should look like or yeah. it's just that uh you guys love your fire slayers and if you I do agree. Why? <laughs> well, why? why is it that Italy loves fire slayers? I, I'm wondering the same question because I don't enjoy them from a, a, a hobby point of view. I don't enjoy them from a, a playing point of view. So <laughs> that's a good question for me as, as well. Um, 
I don't know, maybe because they're a, sol a solid melee army, so probably people enjoy them because of that. Um, at the same time, since we uh, we saw lots of corn in the past year, and they are also kind of really honest, like just go in your face and hit, hit each other as hard as possible, army. Uh, that's probably something that we that people enjoy playing. Uh, at the same time, uh, Ogorma tribes with eight 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 lists out of seventy eight. That's more than ten percent at the same time. So, me we 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 love our our melee combat probably. <laughs> that's probably the although, the, although in, in saying that you got eight KO players there yeah, as well. Yeah. So maybe you guys are just a lover of dwarves. Maybe maybe mm -hmm. Italy is the home of the Dwarden. Yeah, uh, I, I and maybe those. Maybe those four cities of Sigmar players are all Duarden based. I don't know. Yeah, uh, great water fastness. I know you guys are the kings of Chaos Dwarves, uh, but I can say we have one Chaos Dwarf player here in Italy, and I know him very well. <laughs> and I just want to give him a shout out because Roberto is watching us, and uh, uh, we—he's uh, just a, a, a overall kind of uh, dwarf loving player because he has Ko, he has. Um, yeah, chaos dwarves and stuff. Uh, but at and uh, an, uh, an event uh, some time ago, he won, and we we just decided that he he was the world biggest expert overall in Cardinal Overlords meta. So he just got crowned like this, and it just it it, it stayed, and now it, it's it's kind of become like a, a countrywide meme that. Uh, he is the biggest world expert in Cardinal Overlords. <laughs> a world export, uh, so yeah. expert. Sorry, yeah. I, I just realized that the other graph that I was going to show you is a little bit, uh, a little bit squishy. So I'm going to try to zoom in a little bit. Yeah. That um, the world, you got the world's export uh, expert, mm -mm. expert of um, of, uh, of of Chaos Dwarf. So that's uh, yeah. shout out to to Roberto. Yeah, um, but but he was the other graph that I was going to show up as well, yeah. which is kind of a bit of a breakdown. And is this uh, Lega, uh, which is I think a competitive ranking? Is that right? Is that um... yes? So the 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 specific of this is that uh, I I got back to all the all the results that got uh, registered for the 2019-2020 playing year from the the Lega Chaos events. So the the official ranking uh, uh, events that uh, go inside this, uh, this ranking system. And I got together all the armies and the, the podiums and all that stuff. And uh, this is what came out. So as you can see, we have an 8% uh, presence of corn in all those events. And I think it was like close to 20 events, probably. So it's it's kind of a good number. That's um, good. That is good. Two two-day events and lots of one-day events. So we had, we had lots of corn. We had lots of uh, Skaven. Skaven was the, the, the most prevalent uh, faction. But we had lots of corn. We had uh, some forest layers, some flesh eater courts at the same time, and uh, those were the the big standouts probably from the this graph. We had we had also also lots of OBR, and which is surprising because in some countries I don't know if they are as popular as this. But it was really interesting to to see how the the meta was split. Uh, Put it this way, at one event last year in 2020, I'm pretty sure in a five-day tournament I played OBR twice, maybe oh, yeah. even three times. No, maybe. I think it was twice. I played twice in a three in a in a in a five-game tournament. So OBR, especially during Petrofix Elite, were popular. Yeah. Um, and obviously we haven't, you know, uh, just to put some context on this graph. This was probably pre the height of of Zench being popular with their new yes. battle tome. We haven't really seen the effects of KO with their new battle tome, 
But what, you know, what stands out to me is poor old Beast of Chaos up there with their 0.5% <laughs> representation. It's yeah. good to see that's consistent across all regions. Um, I do want to find the country that loves their Beast of Chaos, whoever they are. Let me know who you are. But yeah. I think what's fascinating to me, Francesco, is that you've got a whole bunch of Skaven players. And, and I know when we kind of chatted offline a little bit, we were talking about people holding on to their armies maybe a little bit longer and and that, and that sounds very similar to australia where i would argue that australian players don't turn over their armies as often as say the americans or the english uh and i'm not going to go into a price debate here about you know the the price and costs of things but i i know for australians i don't know whether they they don't chase the meta as hard whether they they, they can't afford the hobby and don't buy as many models whether it's because they enjoy painting more. I, I don't know, but um, why, why would you say things like Skaven and and Corn um, maybe have a stronger representation in Italy than maybe some of the other other countries, even Legions of Nagash? Um, like, why why would they have a strong representation? Well, um, from talking about Skaven in particular, I think that lots of Skaven players had them from the from the Warhammer Fantasy days because. We all know that's an army that has really old models sometimes. Um, even old out-of-production models like the Acolytes. Um, so I think that's lots of people that had them from the, the time the time passed and they just they just got them into round bases and got them into Age of Sigmar, especially since uh, when the Codex came out. We all know how, how much of a breakthrough that was and them together along with Flesh Eater Courts and, and Fight Slayers. Um, do, you reflective, do, you reckon, do you think it's reflective of the fact that you said that Italy had a huge Warhammer fantasy community and maybe some of those people coming over with their, Isle, their old Isle of Blood or their old Skaven force eventually did rebase them and you can't really bring your Skaven into Kings of War or, yeah. um, or you know, um, A Song of Fire and Ice. So... Maybe yeah, they, they did finally rebase and, and bring them over. Like Legions of Nagash is another old army. Yeah. Uh, your traditional yeah. vampire counts. Do you think that yeah. played a part? Absolutely. Yeah, that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it was. It, it's interesting because as, as we were talking about it, I thought I thought of a an, an, a two day event that I attended last year, and just like we were talking about, I played twice against OBR, twice against uh, Flesh Eater Courts. And once against fire slayers, so it was like the perfect almost picture of the of the meta, except for Skaven that weren't really there. But uh, it was really reflective of the statistics that we we found out later on. So yeah, it just just we, I think we are a people that uh, sticks to their armies a lot and just just likes to to hold on to them and not just to. Uh, by the the meta the meta army of, of the moment instead of just uh, keeping keeping strong and playing an army even though it might not be super top meta at some time. Yeah, no, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like there's you know whether you hold on to your army. I know that people do new year new army. I'm starting a new army yeah. uh, based on armies on parade. Uh, I, I I I jumped onto Gargans when they came out. Um, and there's nothing wrong with buying new armies. It's just fascinating to see 
what people are doing and why. And I think maybe that will have a fantasy connection. And that might be a way to kind of reconnect with the old guard and then bringing in new players as well. It's a kind of nice little balance because Stormcast is still popular here. I'm seeing 25 people. I'm seeing, um, you know, some of the new armies like Eidna Deepkin, Fire Slayers, as you mentioned earlier. Um, as a OBR clearly has a, a really strong representation. So you do have a nice little balance with your meta here. And uh, if I slide across, what, what am I looking at now? So is this... So this is the podium distribution uh, across the year. So basically, yeah, it went from, uh, I think, at the end of August up to your, the, the end of February, because after that, the COVID break happened. So all the events stopped. Uh, so what you can see is the distribution of first places, second places, and third places from all the different armies. And you can see, for example, the first places, we had twice Stormcast, uh, sorry, Fleshy Records. We had twice Fire Slayers. We had two Corn, two OBR, two Skavens, and two Slanesh. Uh, for example, the second place, you can see four time uh, Fleshy Records. So you can see that they are kind of really... Uh, a good good constant army that podiums a lot over the year. Uh, at the same time, Corn is there twice at the the first place, which kind of kind of kind of surprising because Corn is not really like the the, the kind of no I don't know top meta army. It's still kind of an honest army that can have its way, but also can struggle sometimes. In saying all of that, CanCon, which was uh, the world's largest event, uh, was previously won not this year, the year before. Sorry, not. Mm -hmm. Not 2020, but 2019 was won by Corn. So uh, it yeah. does show you that a skilled player uh, can still. Uh, I do love that hammer, by the way. Uh, yeah. A skill, a skilled player can take most armies to the top. And yeah. uh, just for anyone who was wondering what we were just looking at, um, we are looking at some of the meta representation in Italy. Not to say this is the true meta. It's not exactly what's happening today, yeah. but it's just an example of what is happening in Italy to kind of show you how differences our regions or how similar our regions are. Um, I know certainly yeah. in Australia, for example, Nighthaunt is becoming even more popular. Uh, the Mortal Realms magazine has come out, which has made Nighthaunt and Stormcast very affordable. And I'm seeing mm -hmm. some armies with like a hundred chain rasps in there. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I expect to hit them on the table soon. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I was thinking to give you a more recent, more recent uh, look on the meta. Uh, I can talk about, for example, that this is really recent because that's that talks about October. This 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 specific draft here. But for example, I attended the finals in September, and we were all gearing up to face a shooting meta like uh, it was happening pretty much all over the world. Um, but at the end of the day, it was won by. Um, an Ogromo tribes army with just uh, the uh, Visco Raiders, uh, just uh, lots of, uh, big monsters. Yeah. And the, the fun thing was that the, the game five was uh, a mirror match between almost the same exact list, just um, Stonehorns and Mornfangs in there. On the, in different distribution, obviously, but that was it. And it was really surprising because lots of us got together and thought okay yeah let's bring this anti-shooting list or blah 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 and then we didn't find any seraphon we didn't find any i don't know uh, lumineth or any cities shooting armies uh, or ko maybe uh, so <laughs> some of us me included got surprised by that <laughs> but yeah what can you do you just you just can't really 
control yeah all the time and and that's like every event like i know at the event that i was talking about uh, that i went to in november uh there was only one lumineth player and i don't think there was any seraphon players so i think uh i think the meta can always be changing the players pack and uh can often dictate as well sometimes uh, the, t the tournament organizer will pick scenarios and they're, they're not favorable to, to certain armies. So uh, they may disincentivize or incentivize uh, in yeah. certain lists. But uh, again, I think there's a lot of commonality between our communities, which is great. And, you know, as I, as I look through these photos, and I know there's plenty more photos, and I'll put some links below in the episode if you guys want to learn about more about their Facebook or um, yeah. if you want to learn more about their YouTube channels or even uh, you want to learn more about their meta. And thank thankfully, Google Translate does help there. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, again, there's a lot of commonality here, things that we all share together. I love your tables. I just think they're incredible. Yeah, that's really uh, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, like everyone's looking, like every photo that I was taking was just um, – wonderfully painted armies everyone seemed to be having fun everyone seemed to be very respectful uh and i think that looks like an, a community that i would want to be a part of yeah it's, it's a really fun community when you you get into it especially uh the national community i i don't want to say that local communities are not fun but it's it's, it's i think it's more rewarding to know that you have friends all over the country now that share the, the same passion that you have and yeah that's a, a really cool thing that I, I was thinking about that when you were talking about packs for example is and, I, and i'm really curious to know what you think about it and what the chat thinks about this is that uh this this organization we have the lega chaos is uh one of, of the peculiar things we have as uh, as well is that we came up with a, a pack that applies to all the same events so we have pretty much the same pack to all events all over the year, and it gets reworked at the end of the year to see what, what needs to be changed, what needs to be updated with the new GHB that came out. So it's cool because we 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 know what the pack looks like all the time. We are we are ready to to face it and to we are ready to prepare for it all the time. So I don't know. That's that's Wait, maybe a good thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Talk to me about that. So so you have the same pack. Does that mean you have the yeah. same scenarios? Um, no, we, like, we have the same rules, like, I don't know, you get, I don't know, what, what was it, like 20 points for a major victory, uh, 13 points for a minor victary and all that jazz, okay. and, and the secondaries and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, because the events are uh, have the same uh, rules, so the ranking can, re can reflect events that had the same background. So I got this, this type of points because we all attended the uh, events that had the same exact rules all the time. So it's kind of fairer in a way, uh, even though I, I can see that maybe a, a, a tournament organizer would like to, to put out its own uh, particular pack. But I think that uh, having a, a shared pack all, all over the year can be helpful to level things up in a way. It, cre it creates consistency, what it does. And, and again, like this reminds me of Australia's tournament journey, especially 2017, 2018, because CanCon was our biggest event. So CanCon uh, in 2017 was like 55 players. Um, and we only had a very couple of events throughout the year. It was very, very small. There was a couple of one-day events, but the two-day events were pretty rare. But what a lot of people did at that time was they copied the foundations of the CanCon pack um, because it created consistency, it created familiarity. If people were familiar with uh, whether it was even the painting rubrics, like how would people be 
uh, measured with their painting and scored for their painting, we would all copy the, the CanCon rubrics and put it into our packs. Uh, we would either take what CanCon did with, you know, win losses, secondaries, realm rules, uh, all of that stuff. Often we would just take that and either put it straight into our packs or we would make minor adjustments because we didn't want to make too much of a difference between our our nation's greatest event. So, um, so, but then, you know, now that our, our community has matured, we have lots of events that are happening throughout the year. Tournament organizers are now kind of tweaking packs and making it their own. So um, I think there's probably arguments on both sides there. Yeah. Especially for your growing community, right? You know, you want you don't want someone to pick up your pack and just it feels like a different game compared to when they played in a in a different city or they played at one of the larger events. Yeah, I think this consistency helps also new players because as a new player, I think it's hard to understand the concept of a, an event pack. So when when you start attending tournaments and events, if you are familiar with what you will be facing at at the at, at, maybe one, two, three events that you go to. It, it helps you just to understand and be more prepared to to face the the, the event and the, the things that will help in the tournament because it can be overwhelming at, at, at first when you get into this sort of events, I think. Do you guys travel between countries? And maybe it's not you, but do you hear stories of people traveling from Italy to, to Greece or to England or to Spain? Um, because I, um, I don't know how long I don't know I don't long I don't know how long that flight or that drive would be. Mm -hmm. uh, is that okay. something that is common or not really? Uh, not at the moment. I I don't I don't know anybody that traveled to. I mean, we we know people uh, from uh, Milan. It's the north of Italy, so it's really close to Switzerland. It's like half an hour drive to Switzerland. So uh, in Milan, they had uh, Swiss players coming down to play uh, the event in October, which is was cool because. There's also people even in Milan that live in Milan, goes to work in Switzerland uh, as a daily as a daily thing. So that's the probably the the, the most extreme thing I heard about. Uh, aside from that, I I would love to. I've been planning to to go to some UK events maybe, and and that's like a two hour, two and a half three hours flight from here, for example. I can tell because my sister lives near London in Oxford, so I I I, I did it lots of times. Um, but it still hasn't happened yet. Uh, I, I I talked about it with James Tinsdale. I talked about it with uh, Rob from the the Honest Word Gamer, and everybody was really really welcoming. That they, uh, I, I think I talked about uh, about it with some people from um, Face Hammer or South Coast South Coast Duty, uh, and they they all were like, "Yeah, don't worry, just ask, uh, tell us in a b beforehand so we can around, arrange stuff for you." Uh, so when things get back to normal, I will definitely try and, and sure. Do this. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're we're talking about a a COVID safe world. Like, obviously, will I travel today? Probably not. Uh, no. I'm not even allowed to leave my country. Probably yeah. until mid <laughs> mid mid this year, if I'm lucky. So, uh, obviously, put that aside. But yeah, uh, and and uh, I do have from the chat people wanting to know uh, what do you think about legions of Asgore <laughs> in Italy? I will tell you a secret. This this industry. That America, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh that's so amazing that's so amazing um <laughs> do you guys play warhammer in italian in english like, like uh, I, was looking, I was looking at a photo of your rule book and you have an italian rule book so it's all yes. in it's italian but do you guys play um, in italian 
Yeah, we have uh, the the units are named in English, so we have end gunners, we have uh, I don't know mortar guard and everything. Uh, the rules are translated, so we have uh, our own like hero phase is fase degli eroi. We have the movement phase, which is fase di movimento and blah blah blah. Fase movimento. Fase. Fase. Di. Movimento. Movimento. Yes. Fase v movimento. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But do you guys play in English or do you play in uh, in in no, uh, Italian? No, we play in Italian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is English? Uh, is it common to speak English as well? I'm, I'm imagining just for like if you're talking about people coming in from other countries mm-hmm. or you guys going to other countries, is that a barrier for your players? Um, uh, uh, young people like in their twenties, thirties, in younger. Usually, you can definitely handle English even in a okay way, just to understand. Uh, older people are kind of, I don't know, 50-50 maybe. But yeah, the younger generation are definitely more into English. It, it probably it's probably not perfect, but it's okay. It's definitely good enough to to understand uh, each other. Yeah. My my Italian's not perfect, so I cannot <laughs> throw the first stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just it's just interesting. It's um, it's interesting to hear. Because uh, I know, again, you know, my reference point is is Malta. Uh, Malta has so many English as a second language schools that mm-hmm. uh, they do speak English uh, very well. Um, but I imagine then, you know, uh, if you've got a younger and Age of Sigma seems to be attracting a younger crowd um, yeah. compared to Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Uh, so I imagine that you know you probably could switch between two languages if if required. That that to me is fascinating because I go to an event and everyone speaks English. Yeah. Um, I, if I go to Italy and I go play, uh, or even I go to the ETC, um, how do I best communicate with yeah. uh, with somebody? And um, I imagine the people who are going to the ETC would have to have some level of English to yeah. be able to effectively communicate. But um, but there's the, the comprehension of the language and even just um, if it's not your first language, you've got to process it. You need to hear what I say, process it, think of the appropriate response, and then respond. So I think, you know, credit to you guys who are, who are dual, even, you know, uh, more than one language. Yeah, to give you just an example about this, uh, I, I thought about it, and last year in October, in the, the, the event in Milan, there, there was Nathan, which is a, a guy, an English guy, that lives now in Italy and works in Italy, which is from team we just played. Uh, to James and all the, those guys, Richie and everybody knows knows him really well. And he was there playing because he now lives in Italy and works in Italy. And he had five games. From what I know, all those games were just going perfectly well. He, he understood everybody. He, he got really into the community. He was really happy about it. So I think that and we are we can be welcoming to foreigners as well. No, that's awesome. No, that's great. No, that's awesome. I um. Not that I've heard any issues. I think when it, when people talk about the the, the English, uh, everyone talks about the French. They always say that the French people don't like it when you start speaking English. <laughs> I never had the problem because when I go to when I went to Paris, I at least tried to speak at like a little bit, and That's then cool. they would realize I was struggling and just speak English. But I hear yeah. that if you just like walk up and try to speak English immediately, they um they're they're a little bit dickish at times but uh, i love i love i love my time in france like i want to i want to end off that statement by saying i would happily go back i love the french yeah well let me tell you this i also love france french people because my mom lives in france right now so i know them really well 
Uh, he's married to a through a French guy right now, so I love him, and it's really cool. So not not to be offensive to French people, but French people are the worst English speaking Europeans in Europe in general, and maybe for kind of almost almost all the the the, the other languages, they really suck at and foreign languages in general. That was yeah. that was him, not me. Don't don't downvote my channel, but I think <laughs> for me, like, like they, know it. <laughs> they might be cocky about it, but they actually know it. <laughs> I think one thing for me is um, you don't appreciate until you're in Europe how close your countries are and how yeah. common um, Europe is. And I think for me, the opportunity to travel to, again, you know, Germany, Belgium, uh, Malta, England, Ireland, Spain, Portugal, um, it's very, very accessible. And I think that as a community, you know, Europe is very lucky and uh, it's, uh, it does sound like you've got an amazing scene and uh, it sounds like you've got a fledgling growing scene. It sounds like uh, you do have your own meta that is uh, shares a lot of things that we all have. You know, you've still got things like Slanesh, you've still got things like Zench, you've still got Seraphon and KO and um, a big representative of Fire Slayers. That that's, still <laughs> surprises me. Um, uh, I still... I'm puzzled. <laughs> I'm puzzled why you got so many fire slayers. Maybe, uh, you know, sometimes like a warehouse, you know, when they're not selling product that well, they kind of send it out to another region to kind of like fire sail it. <laughs> Maybe you guys get all the, the, the cheap fire slayers and um, no. uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's actually a, a really, a really, a really expensive army as well. So I don't know. <laughs> Alex is, Alex got me on a technicality as well. So technically, yes, England has li just left Europe. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. But I do need to work out what happens with my dual citizenship now that because um, I've got the grandfather rule with Malta so I could come over and visit without a visa. But uh, yes, you got me on a technicality. Yes, England <laughs> is not a part of Europe. Let's not start a war here. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that I should know about Italian Warhammer? Because... I've learned so much. I've learned about your regions. I've learned about your community. I've learned about your meta. I've learned about some of the big events. Um, is there any, if I, if I was interested in learning more, um, what are some of those big events that maybe I'm worth investigating? Mm -hmm. um, any, any content creators who are, you know, Italian content creators that you'd want to shout out this particular mm -hmm. point? Um, yeah. So um, I, I will go back to the to last year, especially because the the that was the the really establishing. I mean, probably 2019, 2020 was the big year that established our community, especially. So in every every October, uh, the guys in Milan ha have this this uh, weekend Warlord two day tournament, which is uh, as we as always has been the, the biggest event we have here we ever had here in Italy. Um, it's not sadly going to happen this year, but we, uh, the guys in Pescara, which is also central Italy, two hours drive from here on the other coast, the east coast, uh, last February, they had another two day event. Sadly, it's not going to happen this year. It's really sad because we had so much fun. We, had, we, we ate delicious food. We, they have like, um, uh, meat skewers they do on the, like on the barbecue of At the event. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. At the the dinner from the event, they they gave us like this amazing food, uh, and it's called arrosticini. These are like the these uh, lamb skewers that are just cooked right there on the barbecue, and it, they were delicious. We we ate uh, like I don't know way too many of them. We drank lots of wine, and it was amazing. Uh, so it's sad to think about it that it's not gonna happen this year, but we are looking forward to next edition as as soon as possible. 
Um, as well, uh, I would say the finals are an event that has really lots of coverage because we have streams. They also have streams in uh, the, the Milan event. Uh, the finals usually happens in May, so to close the, the gaming year. Uh, this, this time they happen in September because in May we still were coming out of the first big lockdown. Uh, yeah. But they usually happen in May. We, we, we've delayed our competitive season as well, so yeah. it, it, it's no different to everyone else. Yeah, we should have had an event also in April in Turin, but that didn't happen because obviously we were, we were in complete lockdown. Uh, but at the, at the time, these are the, the, the main staples of the, the community for, for when we talk about events. Um, I, I, about... I, I, I got a, I got a burning question before you yeah. tell me about the content creators. This is, yeah. this is a cracking one. This has come from Alex and he said, <clears throat> if there was a stereo, this is a stereotype question. So if, but if Italians were a Warhammer faction, which ones would they be? So if you were to describe Italy as an age of Sigmar army, who best represents Italy and why? That's a really cool question. Um, I like it. That's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that for future. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So ah, that's tough because ah, man. Um, I, I don't know. I have I have two answers to this because I I'm thinking I'm thinking um, uh, Orc Warclans because they like if they don't have anything to do, they will just bash each other in the head. So we, <laughs> we, we love to hate each other sometimes, like, I don't know, Southern people, it's Northern people and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, but when like, I don't know, football, the World Cup happens and everybody is happy, we are all brothers, we all celebrate victories together. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's something that, uh, yeah, probably, probably that's the, that's the, the, the best representation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have said like halflings um with having <laughs> lots of breakfasts and maybe like the ogre Moor tribes with your big pot i imagine yeah. that boils pasta water and then uh the spoiler alert you don't throw out your pasta water you freeze it and you save it for other dishes uh yeah <laughs> but yeah i was also thinking about cities of sigmar because we we like to be fans of our own little regions, little cities, uh, our traditions, and everything else. So every city thinks they are the best. Uh, we have rivalry between Rome and Milan, Naples and Milan. Uh, <laughs> probably every city has a rivalry with almost every other city in the country. Uh, so yeah, that's also that's also I think a, a good answer. Yeah, Alex. Alex thought you might be Zench. He's uh, oh, you, you might be Zench. Uh, I imagine because you're very smart and very, uh, uh, you know no, what's I, happening. I mean, we were the Zinch of probably food overall in the world, but uh, that's all. That's all the thing I can I can probably say about it because yeah. could you be could you be the ogres like you're always hungry? Uh, yeah, yes, probably. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're hungry, if we and if if we eat, we are happy. So we got the, that sweet plus two bravery if you are eating so <laughs> all right so, so uh, you, you've, you've heard it here first guys italy is ogamore tribes so uh, <laughs> always eating uh or they are they're in combat and they're satisfied with their bravery um but tell me about the content creators like let, let's bring this home and um if i wanted to learn more 
about Italian you know, creators, and I know you are one of them. So uh, AOS Crusaders uh, is certainly one that I highly recommend if you want to learn more about Italian Warhammer. I know you do some really cool content. But who else out there? I know you guys did the the, the CAS, uh, the Champion Age of Sigma stream on Twitch. Uh, yes. But who else, who else is doing content you'd probably want to give a shout out to at this point? Yes. So you can find the streams from the Lega Gauss uh, on their Twitch channel. Uh, they stream all those those big events we were talking about, and they have also a site. I can I don't remember if if there's an English translation of it, but there is an English version of the of the pack that I did personally, so I, I'm sure about this. Um, I, I want also to shout out the the show that's called Major Talks that is made by a good friend Julio. Uh, we did we recently we they they do streams lots of times. We, we is that on Twitch? Uh, they they do it on Twitch, I think. I, I yeah. think I've watched it on Twitch, and I haven't understood a word. But uh, I've yeah, been there to try to. Italian, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not every show has to be about me. It doesn't have to be for me. But yeah. I always jump like jumping in the Italian and the and the the, Swe uh, the Swedish, um, the Spanish streams because it, it's always interesting to see how you guys are talking about it and seeing how many words I understand, which is normally mm. like less than one percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, if you want to find English content, I'm probably the best person for that. Not, not probably the best content creator, but um, the, the mission of my channel was to be uh, mostly 100% in Italian, but at the same time, be open to other uh, non-Italian-speaking non uh, persons. And I have, I have interviews with, uh, with English people. I have interviews with uh, Bill from the USA. And it's in it's and it's in English with Italian subtitles. So you can you will definitely find uh, English speaking content on my channel over time over the year for sure. I like it. I do like it. I've just made a call for any final questions. Um, I'm losing my voice for some reason. I don't know what's oh. going on here. Well, it's early for you, man. <clears throat> That's that. Nah. Nah, you need that. to warm up your voice. <laughs> start singing. Start doing some a cappella. Um, you know, you know, singers singers love to sing in the in the afternoon because yeah, they get to. To slowly warm up their voice during the 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 morning yeah i probably need like a macchiato or some type of uh <laughs> like shot of coffee but francesco i think it, it doesn't look like any final questions coming through the chat i think everyone's really enjoyed it i think for me i've learned a lot uh i think i've got a new appreciation of uh, a different community and i think you hear a lot about England, America, New Zealand, uh, Australia. You hear about a lot of these Western countries and you hear a lot about, you know, your primary English-speaking countries, but I don't think we hear enough about, uh, you know, the Russias, the Asias, the Italys, the, the Netherlands, the the Spains, the Islands. Like, oh, there's all these countries playing Warhammer that, like, I learned there's, there's people playing Warhammer in Malaysia and Singapore that you just yeah. don't think about. So I think for me, um, I've learned so much. And uh, I will ask the final question from our Legions of Asgore world's best player, Roberto. <laughs> uh, and then we might bring that home. The The last thing that I wanted to ask is what do you think about the Ninth Ages players who are coming into Age of Sigma? So um, I'll, I'll say straight up, um, I'm happy that anyone wants to jump the fence, whether they are 40K coming into Age of Sigma, whether they're, they're bringing Age over Ninth Age into Age of Sigma. Um, uh come over i hope you enjoy enjoy yourselves and um you hang around for a while um, yeah. but how how would you respond oh definitely just like you said uh, i i've had i have some interaction with with people uh coming over from nt just recently and they were just like every other people really really nice and open to 
to go to get into Age of Sigma are happy to eager to learn as well and to to get into the game. Um, and I'm absolutely open to anybody who wants to to come to play from whatever game they were playing or just from zero as well. And that that, ha that happened a lot over the years at our own club because when since when we we started like two years ago. We doubled in size from players, and we have players who are setting from zero. We have players who were playing during the, the fantasy years. We we have players who just are coming from ninth ages right now. So uh, we are absolutely open to understand uh, to to get everybody else involved. What does that say? What if what did Lorenzo say? <laughs> okay, let me see. That's probably a part of the question. What what is he saying? Oh, uh, he's probably referring to to the the question Roberto asked. Uh, so he asked about the ninth age players, and he said, uh, "Lorenzo is saying, are you asking for a friend?" <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, look, you know, if you are if you happen to be a ninth age player and you happen to have listened to uh, seventy five minutes of us talking about Age of Sigma in Italy, and you find yourself at this particular part of the episode, uh, I would say that uh, you know, come come check out Age of Sigma. The world has changed significantly since the end of the end times. And uh, what you may have seen when you came in at the start of Age of Sigma is certainly not the game that it is today. I think um, I think if you look at it with fresh eyes and you appreciate that the old world is gone um, and this is a new game, treat it as a new game, I think you'll enjoy yourself. If you are struggling, looking for the Empire and High Elves and Dark Elves and, you know, those types of factions uh, maybe hold out till the old world comes out soon. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I, I just wanted to quickly say, if any anybody comes over here, especially here in Rome, but in general in Italy, if you guys come over and are playing Warhammer and want to have a game, just just text me on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever you want, and we can arrange that. As, as obviously, if COVID permits that, but uh, we are absolutely down. If you are not, if you are in Rome, you can text me personally, and we can arrange a game in our club. Uh, even if you don't have an army with you, we absolutely can provide one. And if even if you go somewhere else in Italy, just let me know or just tweet something and I can get you in contact with everybody who plays uh, Warhammer, wherever you are going. Sounds like a great reason to go on holidays. Mm -hmm. um, all right, final question. Uh, Wendy had asked, I, I can't let this one go. Uh, <laughs> are, are Italian players interested in the law, especially now that the law is getting deeper? Uh, or do you think that they care less than other countries? So what's your observation of law? Like, I don't know if you guys have narrative gaming. I don't know uh, if you are just more about the match play or the law. Like, where do you guys stand? Just your observations. Okay, so I know that there, there is uh, there has been some narrative events in the past uh, that obviously had to stop because of COVID as well. Uh, but I know there is a, a good a good narrative playing community. Uh, at the same time, um, I find that lots of people, maybe that are AOS players at this time, uh, are kind of iffy about the the background and the lore. Sometimes because it's uh, they are still tied to the old, uh, old, old world lore, uh, but at the same time, because it's hard for us to get into uh, extra lore stuff, I would say, because it's all, uh, all of this is in English. All the books are in English from Black Library and all that stuff. So if you don't, if you don't really understand English in a okay way, you will be kind of cut out to uh, from all those uh, extra books and reads that I, I, I read, and they, they were all really cool. So, but I, I, I still see now people getting to it, getting into it more and more. So I think it's uh, it's growing in general. Yeah. 
Uh, and by the way, people are asking where they can learn more about you. Uh, in the episode description, I do have the link to AOS Crusaders on YouTube as well as the link to uh, your Twitter handle. So, yes, uh, you can find me also on Facebook. If you use Facebook, you just search my name and you can go find it. You, you've raised an interesting point, actually, uh, about about accessibility and um, and I imagine things like the the audio books probably might help, especially for the younger generation that speak English. But I think, yeah, we probably don't appreciate as much the the translation side because we probably don't have as much translation uh, in not just the, obviously the core rule book and the yeah. battle tomes and but but other other products like Black Library. So um, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's um, yeah. a really interesting point and maybe an appreciation of a challenge that uh, that I don't have to worry about. That any time that I want to pick up a, a law video, any time I want to pick up. Uh, a book, uh, an Age of Sigmar resource. I, I don't have that language barrier, but you know, something that I probably probably need to appreciate and respect a little more for some from the communities like yours. Yeah, we have we don't have we certainly don't have Italian translation. We have translated battle tomes, but they have lots of lore cut out from it because uh, the the original battle tomes have lots of extra lore stuff in there. Uh, but in Europe, we have the, you can find French translations of Black Library stuff, German translations, but that's it. Uh, you don't have Spanish, you don't have Italian, you don't have uh, uh, stuff from the the Netherlands as well, or probably Scandinavian as well, because they are they are. I think they are not uh, as big as a market as uh, Germany or France, maybe. But I I hope that if the community keeps growing, we 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 will see this type of stuff in later in the future. Hopefully, at least with digital mediums, we're able to translate those those books a little bit better and reduce the barrier. Uh, and you and may not may not print every book in the Netherlands, uh, for example, but at least having a digital product, whether it's through Audible, whether it's just a, a text document, um, that would be great. But um, wow, another nugget of gold I wasn't even thinking about. That's um, that's <laughs> fascinating. Uh, any any closing comments? Any other things that you want to share about Italy that we haven't spoken about? um what's uh, what's your favorite italian drink let's bring it oh. home with something nice something that uh that we all can appreciate is food and okay. drink so we 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 love beer in italy just like you guys um um i don't know what i mean i, I know you guys have fosters down there but I know people in the U.S. love love light beers. That's something that I really don't rate because it's more like water to me. <laughs> we have some nice, nice lager, lager beers or just vice beers. Uh, that's 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 okay. You you maybe have seen them. That's there's a, a famous brand that's called Peroni. Of course. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but at the same time, we we love our wine and we love like uh, we have lots of good red red and white wine and we have Prosecco, which is like kind of our version of champagne, which is yeah. really tasty. My girlfriend loves it and we, we drink my it wife, all the time. So. My wife loves it too, Prosecco. Same here. <laughs> it's, a, it's the fancy, yeah, it's a fancy sparkling drink. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Uh, no, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Francesco. Again, if you guys want to learn more about Italy, uh, do go check out uh, AOS Crusaders or go follow Francesco uh, on Twitter. It's definitely, and again, Francesco, uh, as you've clearly articulated over the last 90 minutes, you can speak English and you do it quite well. <laughs> so uh, you don't need a translator for, for Francesco. But thank you so much for your time, guys. Thanks for joining us on the chat. I hope you enjoyed this community spotlight on Italy. Um, if you enjoyed it and you want to look at another community, let me know. Let me know who you want to speak yeah. to, whether it's, uh, oh, there's so many. 
Yes. And go check out all the past the past spot slides that Anthony did because I've been through all of them. The Japan one was awesome. The the Russia one was really cool as well. So I want to do Germany just so I can like my, one of my favorite bands is Ramstein. So I just oh, want to cool. do like I just want to like drop some Ramstein lyrics like du du hast no. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that because most people know du hast, but uh, yeah, uh, just like just do Ramstein constantly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Germany. Yes, uh, I, I actually did study a little bit of German in high school. Uh, cool. My namaste is Anthony Yada Alt, which means hello. My name is Anthony, and I'm 13 years old. Uh, that is the last <laughs> time I had to speak German. Stop but Francesco, right <laughs> thank uh, you for your time. I hope you guys enjoyed it, guys, and I'll see you on the next stream soon. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you found that discussion valuable. If you did, give the video the old thumbs up, and if you have a comment or an insight, leave it in the comment section below. The champions over here are my AOS coach Patreons and YouTube members. So you guys are bloody legends. Thank you for all the support. If you want to know more about the support programs, the links are below down here in the episode description, along with a link to the Discord server, so we can continue this conversation. Until next time, don't forget to name your characters and have a good one.